worry is an emotion that we're meant to feel. It's just making sure that you're not feeling it in excess. Ever wonder what your animals are trying to tell you? How to decipher those looks, barks, meows, and interesting behaviors? Join me as I share numerous animal communication encounters in some bizarre unfoldings. Jump into unique stories that will open your mind to the depths in which the animals that share our world are looking to connect. Hello, and welcome back to Chatting with Chickens. I have to say, so far, sitting down and getting ready to record, it's just been exactly what, exactly what I needed today. It's interesting because when we first launched the podcast, I had a lot of episodes recorded. There was a really, really great flow happening with recording and finding the time to connect in and do more recordings. And then the holidays happened. December happened. And just with everything going on, life has just had, it's been wonderful and fun, but it's that holiday busyness. You know, even for doing sessions, so many people wanting sessions this time of year. And then the wellness studio has been just amazingly busy, which is awesome. It's twirly and whirly and toss getting together with family and all of those things on top of it. And it's so busy. And I was out today with Alex doing some running around. I was just thinking to myself, you know, it's so nice, but when I'm this busy, I'm out of the zone when it comes to connecting with animals. It's really hard to stay in the heart and grounded when the mind's really going and when you have a lot on the go. And I'm the type of person, I would say my doshic makeup, I need downtime to chill, connect, ground in. And so even today, I was like, okay, I need to get home because I'm going to record a podcast today, thinking of the other things I have to do after that. And it just had a bit of a rush sensation to it. So I'm laughing right now. I don't know if you just heard that. But Phineas, our cat, has been very awesome since I first started coming into the recording room and helping me ground. It's actually his chair that I'm sitting on, but he's working (laughs) right on the back of the chair where my spine is. And it's fascinating because he's never done this in any other podcast that I've recorded, but he has done this before when I've done distant sessions and he's helping to move stuff. So you might hear that in the background or the beautiful, wonderful soul who does my editing for my podcast might have that muted out where you don't hear it. So rushing around, thinking about recording this podcast today and then what I have to do after, that's just not the energy that I like to do things with. That's not the energy that I, that I step into this podcast with. And I have a ritual that I go through before I record episodes. And so I'll always light some sweet grass and sage and I'll do a smudge, a cleanse of the space. 
might do a smudge and a cleanse of myself and any of the other beings in the room, get a really nice clear energy. And then I'll sit. There's a mantra that I use along with a mudra, a hand gesture that I use to direct energy. And I will do some breath work to get myself grounded, invite in any beings that are wanting to be present, both in physical or energetic form for the recording. And then when I feel grounded, I'll start recording and we see how things show up. However, today I'm like getting things ready and again, like in this busy mode. And I looked at like my sage and my sweet grass and I'm like, no, like rascal's already settled. We're good. Let's just get recording. And so I'm getting things set up and Phineas, our beautiful cat, jumps up and just paws on my shirt just with one nail, just as this little hook pull and releases. And I look at him and I can tell he knows that like I'm not super grounded. And then he goes over and he pushes down on my shell that has my sage and my sweet grass on it with his paw and rocks it. And I'm like, oh, you're right. You're right. Let's slow this down. Let's do it right. Let's take our time. And I just needed that moment to pay attention, honor your process, take some time, and show up the way you want to. And it's been cool because so I was like, okay, I'm just recording one episode today, not two. Let's release that pressure. Let's breathe. So I did my smudge with my sage and my sweet grass, did some breath work, and Finn was purring like the whole time. So he's also balancing things out. It's just what I needed. And that's the other thing I need to remember too, that sometimes it doesn't take as long as I think it's going to need to, to get into that centered and calm state. But that's a really good It's just a really good point, I think, for all of us is how often are we running around tizzied and just too much in our mind. There's this beautiful podcast that I was listening to the other day. It just magically appeared after listening to another podcast. And the gentleman speaking mentioned that when we're too much in our mind or we become too much in our mind, when we're disconnected from creator or source or a higher sense of self, you could say. And I have to totally agree with that. When I get too busy or too much going on, it is too much in the mind and you do start disconnecting from those deeper aspects of self and those deeper layers of our connection to the sentient beings who are all around us, whether it be the trees, the plants, the earth, the animals, or other humans that are walking around. And so I'm going to take a moment and just give some big thanks to the beautiful beings in the room today that helped me find my ground and still honor how I like to show up with ceremony for these podcasts. Cool. It's actually quite fitting too for the beautiful soul we'll be diving into with some stories today. Humperdinck. 
Humperdinck was one of the roosters that we've had on our farm, just such a sweet and beautiful soul. His genetics live on in a lot of our chickens. Geo is his son, but we also have a lot of hens that he would be dad to as well, which is super cool. It was really awesome when our farm got to the point of our hens having their own babies. That's a really cool thing to experience, but we'll we'll dive into that journey on another day. It's one of those things with animals is it's so easy for them to mirror our consciousness because they don't talk in like the really easy verbal communication that we have with ourselves kind of way. It's so easy for them to become a mirror for what we have going on, for our stuff, for our, my, my language, our shit. <laughs> we don't always realize it. That's when they can start taking on pathologies. But that's also when just imbalances come in is when we're placing an imbalance on that being and not recognizing that it's our own. And so Humperdinck was a being that really helped me journey through this. And so in case anybody is wondering, we do have a buttercup and we did have a Humperdinck and this all came because our first rooster, who will definitely have an episode on him. His name was Fezzik. And so Fezzik was the giant from The Princess Bride. And then Humperdinck was a character. And then we also had, my husband's going to say I'm saying this wrong, but we had Inigo or Inigo, however I say Inigo, but he always corrects me. And so they were our Princess Bride roosters and they were awesome. The one thing I really learned with Humperdinck is I'm a worrier, not a warrior, worry, like worrier. <laughs> I lend into worry really, really easily, so much better now than what I used to be, a hundred percent, because you know, where your awareness goes, energy flows. So once you're aware of these things, it is easy to shift and change and reprogram and evolve brain, your mindset, your consciousness, but you need to be aware first. A big part of my journey with the beautiful animals that have come across our path, stayed at the farm, lived with us, become part of our family, is really seeing their strength and ability to take care of themselves and to not worry so much about them, not be like that helicopter parent, and to recognize their potential, their strength, and not have, it almost gives a bit of like a hierarchy to it, although that's not how I mean to come across. You really minimize one's potential when you over-worry for them, and you almost hold them in this box. Like when you get into pity, pity is one of the lowest vibrations or lowest resonance that you can come into. And we all know that feeling when someone's like, oh, like, are you okay? And I talked about this a bit with Little Bo's episode two. It's not a great energy, nor is it holding a really vibrant vibration for that person 
to step into or that animal to step into. And so one of the areas where humps always helped me is with the chicken hierarchy. And so with chickens, that pecking order that you hear people use quite often, it definitely plays a role in the chicken world. And I have to say, the more I've learned to step back and trust and listen, the better that pecking order has played out versus times where I've really interfered. Almost to the point now, whenever we're integrating new chickens, there's actually little to no worry at all for me. It goes quite smoothly. But you can often see where your energy and stress can offset the animals sharing that space with you. And so if you haven't experienced this before, or if this isn't something that's crossed your mind before, pay attention to your animals when you are having a stressed out day. Or just pay attention in general. Like if you're typically high intensity, go, go, and stressed, do any of your animals mirror that energy for you? Are any of your animals stressed out, anxious, hard to calm down, those kind of things? Because there's that resonance that they all slide into, but then they also pick up and mirror as well. One of the things that's been really interesting is when we have new roosters growing up. So when a hen's had some babies and now those roosters are coming of age, those are the big, like the hens will figure out pecking order, but then they don't really tend to challenge it that much. Where the roosters go through a bit more, especially come the spring, our first couple of years with roosters were pretty intense, where it's actually been, again, as I've grown, a lot more somewhat peaceful of a process or just not as intense as the years have gone on. But it's one area where Humperdinck really would language quite a bit with me around when I need to step back. And the one thing I would hear the most from this rooster is when that training's going on. Because the other thing too is we've really lucked out. So this isn't actually luck. This is unfolding the way it should. And so within the chicken world, one of the things I learned is when you're bringing in new roosters, you have a king and then you have princes and the princes learn from the king. Inigo and Humperdinck learned from Fezzik and Fezzik was just a wonderful rooster. And coming out of that were two very protective but level-headed and beautiful roosters. And so any other roosters that have come to age, which maybe in a different setting or other roosters could have been more aggressive or a little nastier with the hens or with people, they were handled and worked with in a specific manner that continued to raise really, really great roosters. The first year we had roosters, oh my gosh, they would chase, especially my nephew. He was young at the time. They would just go at him. The one would go at me all of the time. 
And we just don't have that anymore with our roosters, with any of them, none of them in the last five or six years have been the types that would go at people. They're really good with each other unless one's getting a little out of line and then you'll have the more predominant rooster step forward. And so that was one of the big things with Humberdink is just training the new princes. And sometimes I would get nervous because you sit and watch and you look at how they're acting with each other. And I would like go to step in and I could hear Humperdink clear as day. And he's like, no, don't step in. I got this. And a few times I was like, well, you need to ease up. Like we would have conversations about this because it was me getting comfortable with their process of how they language with each other, you know, the chicken rooster way of doing things, and then my human belief of how it should happen. But every single time he would say, no, you know, let me do this back up and trust. And so I would sit back, breathe and watch he wouldn't go over the top. He would put roosters in their place, but then he'd walk away. He wouldn't fixate where some roosters fixate. I know this sounds so weird, especially if you haven't had chickens or raised chickens. It's it's just a whole new world. Super cool, but so many dynamics. (laughs) But I guess you find that within packs of dogs, herds of horses, they all have their instinctual innate dynamics. And The more we can understand those as humans, the less interference we can cause with our own stuff, the more we can, you know, raise healthy relationships and honor our true selves in showing up the way that we're meant to. One of the times that was probably not the most stress, but pretty high stress with rooster introductions was introducing Inigo back into the flock after he was attacked by a weasel and had to come into the mudroom for a few months. It was interesting because Inigo and Humperdink were on par. There wasn't really one that was up over the other. They were raised together and they just always got along so, so well. But when it came to integrating them back in, there was definitely some different layers they had to work through. And I'm just so happy I was able to talk to both of them as well as work energetically with their energy and show them being integrated back in together. But just being able to have those conversations of where because of my worry, I would have overstepped or I would have interfered more than I should have. It was so helpful. It was so just helped to release my stress and be just present and observant for what was going on. And at no point in time did Humperdinck ever go too strong with Inigo and they ended up integrating perfectly back together, which Oh, it was just so awesome because I really had no idea what I was going to do if they couldn't. Because sometimes when you remove a rooster, if it's been a certain period of time, no matter what, you can't integrate them back in. And I didn't know what I would do. Both of those roosters were so integrated into our family 
we would have had to come up with some sort of crazy setup to accommodate both around the farm. Humperdinck was just a rooster I could always sit and chat with and he would have wisdom to share, whether he was showing me the dynamics in the flock and how he wanted things to unfold, or when there was losses in the flock, whether there was coyotes that came, or when the weasel came. There was just some really beautiful one-on-one experiences that him and I had together that really helped me step out of over-worrying and trusting him and then learning how to trust myself and trust the situation. And it really has helped me shift who I am today and how I show up for the animals that are at our farm or come across our path or that show up as clients. It's fascinating because even Bob's moved into the mudroom now for some of the winter. This is a new unfolding too. And it's awesome, but I catch myself worrying about him when he chooses to go back outside again. And I have to remind myself, and he's good at reminding me too, he was an outdoor cat for at least a year, if not more. He's more than a year old. He was an outdoor cat before he has been through this. It's so fascinating to me how quickly I can forget that and step into that worry. It's nice to have those situations in my environment to help me grow, to mirror that, and to help me release the unnecessary worry because I'm sure this is one area, but it also unfolds in other areas of my life. And so by having that awareness and these beautiful beings around to help me trust and release though don't get me wrong worry is an emotion that we're meant to feel it's just making sure that you're not feeling it in excess that you feel it sometimes but it's not there all the time or 75 percent of the time it's just there sometimes when you need to and then it goes and then it's gone being able to move through life versus over worry about it it's even fascinating when you think of today's episode, right? And getting into that worry, it's such a huge thing for me when I get too busy is then I worry and the partner or the balancer for worry is stillness. If you've been feeling really worried lately, or if you are just a worrier in general, and worry has all of its different flavors, right? Like I'm saying the one emotion, but know that it has its 50 shades. It could be, you know, that you've been concerned or apprehensive. Take a couple of slow breaths. Maybe even bring your hand, your left hand to your heart. And with your next slow breath, start to direct that breath a little into the trunk of the body, feeling the trunk of the body expand with your inhale. And then deflate with your exhale, maybe softly breathing out of the mouth. Do a few more slow breaths like this and maybe even take five minutes after listening to this podcast to breathe and find that stillness as my cat is now fast asleep since I've found mine because you'll feel that almost mild clunk feeling where all of a sudden the busyness, you can even feel it in my voice after taking that breath, it just goes... 
and you feel like everything's settled. Keep doing some slow breaths until you feel that. And then notice if anything shifts with your animals or anybody else who's sharing your space with you. I know for me, when we had to switch to virtual for yoga classes, all of the animals would come into the same room with me and they would totally dial in to the vibe of the yoga class. And come the end for final Shavasana, they would all be in such a deep, deep, either sleep or meditative state, but you could feel that feel radiating through the whole room. And so, friends, listeners, how can you shift through your worry when it comes to the animals that are in your life? If this episode really resonated with you, take some time and see where you can maybe do some evolving there. Where can you show up differently and how can you ground yourself to experience some different unfoldings? I hope you guys have a beautiful day and I'll talk to you soon. Here's our little disclaimer. Please know that these animal connections are coming in through my beliefs and filters. They're coming in through my consciousness. That they are not a diagnosis, or are they applicable to all animals? More simply put, these stories are meant to inspire individuals to dive deeper into the relationships with the animals in their world and all that they have to share with them.